Hello, and welcome to Presenting, a podcast where we chat about various topics related to role-playing games, typically Paizo products such as Pathfinder and Starfinder, but also others. I'm John Godek, and with me today is Michael Fox. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, so I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this right, because it's not spelled F-O-X, it's P-H-O-X. That's right, right? That's right, and yeah, okay. it's pronounced Fox. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, just to make sure, you know, because I could, I could have just done something crazy there. So uh, Michael is a longtime Pathfinder player and GM and a creative genius behind RPG Chronicles, um, which is a tool that I have used for several years and love a lot. So you can learn more about RPG Chronicles at their website, www.rpgchronicles.net. And you can reach Michael there as well, Michael at rpgchronicles.net. And he's also very active on their Discord and there's a link to the Discord right on the bottom of their website. Now, Michael, can you talk a little bit about your uh, history with tabletop RPGs and what led you to create this awesome tool that is RPG Chronicles? Sure. So I've always had kind of a passing interest in RPGs, but never really had time for it until I graduated from college. And shortly after I did, I found the LFG subreddit and got into a homebrew Pathfinder first edition game. And I think within a month, I started GMing my own campaign. Wow. It's, wow. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Rise of the Rune Lords, great yep. adventure path. Yeah. And since then, I've either been playing in or GMing one to three games at a time and Followed it all the way through Pathfinder 2nd Edition. It was great to be there at Gen Con when the rule books are flying off the shelves. And yeah. Yeah, and since then, kept up with the Adventure Pass subscription. I'm currently GMing Strength of Thousands and oh, nice. playing in two other campaigns because, yeah. But RPG Chronicles, though... You know, that's not, that's a society thing, right? That's, you're talking about adventure paths and getting involved. So I, now I think it's awesome and you can use it for adventure paths, but it's really shines for organized play. Right. So right around when second edition came out, that felt like the best time to jump into Pathfinder Society and mm. started playing through it and loved it. And especially during the pandemic where, you know, we were looking for things to do and things to connect with. Pathfinder Society was a great way to talk to and meet other people in the RPG space. Mm -hmm. And after getting a couple of sessions in, started GMing for it, getting the, getting the credits, trying to get my glyphs. And uh, in addition to GMing for some online lodges, I started volunteering for conventions since traveling wasn't a barrier anymore. And I think it was the first Gen Con online, the one two years ago, I want to say, mm -hmm. where uh, I went all in and GM'd between the scenarios and credits somewhere around 12 tables. Really? And wow. Yeah. Wow. And it was a lot of fun GMing. Yeah. And I did not realize how much time it would take to fill out all the Chronicle sheets. And yes. what ended up happening was we'd have like a hour break or so between uh, GM shifts and I'd spend 55 of those minutes uh, filling out Chronicles and message some other people that I knew had been doing this longer to ask if there was like a trick to it or is like some better way to 
do all the day job calculations, figure out who gets what experience points. And uh, they said, no, this is just how it's always been done. And fueled by the frustration of filling out 60-something, 80-something Chronicle sheets, I uh, put together a simple program that just I could use to pull stuff out of an Excel sheet because mm -hmm. that was the gold standard for sign-up sheets at the time. And after sharing with a couple of friends, they said, oh, you've really got something here. You've got to figure out how to get in front of people. So bothered a good friend of mine who I know is a very talented uh, graphics designer, said, hey, I want to make a website that's going to do these things and eventually cranked out the first version of RPG Chronicles. And I've been tinkering with it and adding stuff to it for the past two years now, I want to say, maybe a little over. But yeah, it's. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that uh, the paperwork kind of took away a little bit of the fun of GMing and later realized that's probably a barrier to entry for some people who might want to try GMing but are a bit overwhelmed with the paperwork and reporting right. process. So right, right. Try to automate as much of that as possible so we can focus on the game we all love to play. No, I I think it's awesome. You know, I've jammed about 200 tables and it's like, that's like, that's the worst part. You're sitting there now. I'm a lot faster than 55 minutes doing a table, but still typically for me, uh, prior to this, it might be 20 minutes, you know, making sure double checking and doing stuff. If you haven't pre-filled out, you can do it even faster. But it, like you're saying at a convention where you're going back to back uh, things, there's like no time. Then if you wait until you're done with everything, well, then you're doing them at midnight. And then if you're doing a morning session, it's like, oh, man. So, you know, I remember what you're talking about when, when people started doing stuff online in particular, people would build custom uh, forms in Excel, basically, that would enable them to pull out the data. And then I think for the most part, people would cut and paste into Chronicles. Uh, PDFs. That was, I think, kind of how uh, people, that's how I did it, right? And that's how uh, people do that. Now, you've created something that's a lot more elegant. And can you tell me about the background you have that enables you to do this? Is it just, you're just a super nerdy guy and knew how to do this? Or did you have extra ex expertise in this area? Yeah. So um, I graduated from MIT in 2013 with a degree in computer science, which Gave me the background that I needed to put together uh, simple programs that made my life easier. And it was exciting when I found out that some of that background, things I learned could be directly applied to this hobby that I... Yeah, no, for sure. With. Yeah. And yeah, um, with that background, I was able to learn more things that I needed to actually put the website together, learned a little bit about... You know, databases, deploying things, making it go from my computer to the internet. Mm -hmm. And yeah, being able to pull from that background really helped to make this a much smoother process than it would have been otherwise. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, now, can you tell for our listeners who don't know what this is about, can you talk about a little more specifically what RPG Chronicles does for game masters? In, and again, in particular, for society play. Of course. So RPG Chronicles exists to try to take out as much copy paste and duplicate and math work from the process as possible. So from the very beginning, uh, RPG Chronicles will give you a sign up sheet that you can 
send to your players or post a link to. And anybody, whether they have an account or not, can sign up to play in the game. They'll put in their level, class, faction, all the stuff that you need in order to put together a Chronicle Sheet and the stuff that you would need to report to Paizo. From there, you play your game. And afterwards, there's a post-game section where you can say uh, they earned this many treasure bundles. They earned this many credits. Uh, their day job role was a success. And with the information the players submitted in their signups, it checks their level. It checks to see who gets bonus reputation. It handles all of that for you. And at the very end, it shows you a table that looks identical to the Paizo reporting site. So you can copy your players' ID numbers and scenario, excuse me, ID numbers and player numbers over. And most excitingly, there's a download Chronicles button where you click the button and you count to two and you get a zip file with correctly filled out Chronicle sheets for each player in the game. And that is a free tool for the community to use. And it's brought down, again, a lot of barriers to GMing for society and made it so much faster to get through the administrative piece. No, I 100% agree with that. And you know, one of the things I was going to mention along those lines as well is the fact that after these things are generated, then you can, you can actually automatically send them to the players if they put in their appropriate email addresses, though there is still a uh, intermediate step that uh, prevents me from doing that. And I'll tell you later if you want. Um, but the interesting thing though, is in order to fill out the chronicles, you have to have a database of every chronicle for every game that is available in organized play. And so you've had this partnership with Paizo to do this for conventions now for a couple of years. How did that come about? So, um, I personally had a subscription to Pathfinder 2nd Edition uh, Organized Play Scenarios. So for uh, quite a while, actually, it only worked for Pathfinder 2nd Edition because that's what I had. And every time a new scenario came out, I would go through it, get the Chronicles sheet out, get all of the numbers and math that I would need, like what's the lowest and highest level, who are the bonus factions, and manually type it in. and kept a running list of scenario one, use the scenario one PDF, here's the information you need for it. And after getting a bit more traction, uh, the, excuse me, Cadence Keg Discord server, now Lodge, uh, was a big help with testing out some of the early stuff. I went online and tried to find out who from the Organized Play Foundation had their contact info somewhere that I could find. And basically I just started pestering them and eventually put together a, put together a partnership where uh, they help me now with the Chronicle sheets. So if you know something new is coming out, I get sometimes a verbal heads up like, hey, there's going to be Chronicle Sheet format changes coming up in the next season. And when everyone gets their scenario drops, I get them too. And since then, I've automated some of the stuff where I can put in a PDF and usually automatically pull out all the stuff I need. I sometimes have to lay eyes on it because 
sometimes the summary section will be a little bit longer and push some uh push some of the fields down but uh yeah it was mostly persistence i would bother uh previously uh tonya and now alex monthly if not more often and now i kind of remember setting a personal goal when i started it where i wanted this to be like the tool people use like at gen con so that this doesn't not that this the filling it out by drag and drop PDF editor doesn't have to happen again. And now I'm happy to say that it was the official tool used at PaizoCon that just happened. And I've yep. been working with Alex and company for GenCon that's coming up. So yeah. yeah, persistence and bothering them. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome. Where I first came across, it was at smaller conventions and it was probably with uh, the online org play um, lodge. And I don't, uh, what was it? What's the name of their con that they were running? Uh, wasn't Disconnect or was it? I don't remember. Oh man, I, it's on the tip of my tongue too. Yeah, it was like a couple years ago. I, I can I can actually visualize the screen. It was like a, a, a like a dark gray black screen um, mm -hmm. where you, and then the white fields that you filled in. And, and it was so cool because there it generated this, um, uh, uh, basically text block that you could then cut and paste uh, for doing your uh, doing your reporting to Paizo. And then that now that's become much more streamlined because Paizo reporting is actually now including a, a more easy way to do that. Uh, so at PaizoCon, I was at HQ and I filled out, I probably reported 80 games and it took me all of like 20, 30 minutes to do that compared to what, like you're saying, reporting you know your own chronicles uh for for 12 games is just crazy so no it's it, it's tremendous because it makes the job of the volunteers running the game so much easier all they do is fill out rpg chronicles and then it gets taken care of that was mm -hmm. like so bad when you were jamming for cons <laughs> yeah know? so uh, as somebody who's jammed a lot of conventions, um, mm -hmm. no, I, I I think it's it's tremendous. Now, um, without actually on that note, go ahead. Um, sorry, just want to say when I built it originally, it was for the GMs, and after that, started putting together tools specifically for conventions and HQ. Right. So, right. the thing that you're mentioning now, uh, if someone's running a convention and they want convention support, they reach out to me and. Mm -hmm. We can supply them with a dashboard that gives them access to all of the signup sheets for every table that's happening under their event code. And there is a Chrome and a Firefox plugin where you right. can click a button on the website, right. you paste, you click a button on Paizo, and it fills out the whole reporting sheet in about four seconds. Right. And right. yeah, it's a huge time saver. <laughs> now I'm I'm a I don't what you call I'm a paid subscriber because mm -hmm. you get some extra benefits with that. Um, do conventions have to pay for this or is this something you just give to them? Uh, that one is also a paid feature. If you go okay. to the uh, event support, it's charges every 25 or so tables you own. And I wanted to make it so that we'd have something to keep the lights on, but so that's not prohibitively right. expensive for anybody yeah. that wants to use it for their con. Oh yeah. If it's, for every 25 tables, like Gen Con is actually going to be smaller. Gen Con online is going to be smaller than PaizoCon online was. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, apparently PaizoCon mm -hmm. online is their, their big one now. Not as big as it was a couple years ago 
when that right. was massive crazy. But still, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think we figured there were 330 Pathfinder tables and like maybe 115 Starfinder. So like 450-ish tables still at Pisces mm-hmm. Online. When we had to do those by hand in the olden days, it would be sometimes weeks before everything was reported. Yeah. Now, if it's not reported by the end of a six-hour slot, you know, you're like, oh, you're behind. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, no, that, no that, that's crazy. Well, that's and really I like cool. like it from the player's uh, side because you never quite knew when you were going to get your Chronicle sheet when you finished a game. Yes. You hoped yes. you'd have it in time for the next game, but sometimes you'd be lucky if you got it the next day or before the convention ended. So now with it just being a button click, it's easier for the players too because they're going to get their chronicles right away, and they'll have them to present to well, any other games to show up for. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Now I noticed, like even at uh, at Pizacon, there were some things that you were working on around the clock, and we'd have some things where, oh, Starfinder reporting's down, or oh, there's this one thing here, and but you're constantly working on updating and and, and improving RPG chronicles. Can you talk about that process for how do you identify a bug or new feature and decide to put it in? Yeah. Uh, so earlier you mentioned the Discord server. I am very, very active there, and I have it broken out into channels. So there's a feedback channel, suggested features, scenario requests for Adventure Pass or older things, and I stay on top of it along with uh, BigGrid42. Helps a lot with the yes. uh, human side of things. And if somebody asks for a new feature and it seems like something that would be you know, good to have on the site, we keep a Todoist, or not Todoist, we keep a Trello board with like high, mid, low priorities and right. things that need to get added and kind of work off of that. But the main way I find out if there are new features is going to be Discord. I'll poke my head into the request channel and i know if there is a bug particularly overnight if i wake up to eight individual discord notifications on the cross of my across my phone if something goes wrong most of the people there are several very dedicated loyal people who use the site that let me know as soon as they find something that's gone wrong and some of them mm-hmm. are need to fix immediately some of them can wait a day but I try to stay on top of the bug list for anything that's getting in the way of people being able to GM or play. Um, can you say what what you're writing in? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, the back end is in Python, yeah, that's right. and the front end is mostly TypeScript. Partway through, mm-hmm. I shifted from JavaScript to TypeScript, and mm-hmm. all the new stuff is in TypeScript now. Cool, cool. Now, I do have a request, and I actually, I talked to Brad Bigrin about this, um, and I know it's problematic to implement. Mm -hmm. So in Chronicles, very often, there's a box that needs to be checked, this happened or this happened, and sometimes there will be like two or three sets of those. And I know the reason why it can't be automated right now is because those boxes move all over that text block. Mm -hmm. Are you working with org play? And actually this is probably Paizo developers and who, because 
as somebody's written scenarios, I know we write words and they go all over the place. <laughs> to put those in a, a standardized place so that, in fact, you can check those if there's any as a GM. And then I can push the send button because I can't do that now because almost all the more recent Chronicles have some in Starfinder anyway, not not so much in Pathfinder, have those blocks. And so I have to download, you know, put them into, you know, um, uh, Adobe to do some quick check marks, save them, and then I can send them. But are you working on that? Uh, not committing to a timeline, but yes. Uh, why, yeah. Wanted to get some of the bigger features done before going back because that's not going to be something we'll be able to automate since it changes for every single, uh, every single chronicle. Yeah. Sometimes it's checkbox. Sometimes we need a number. Sometimes we need a word. Sometimes we need to cross something through. And we are getting closer to hitting that on the list of bigger projects. So it's on there, but yeah. again, it hasn't been as high because there are some other priorities we wanted to uh, take care of first. Yeah, I wonder if you could you could pull in that particular text block right into mm-hmm. RPG Chronicles and then have like a delineated field where if you were to mark on those things, it automatically then would transfer back over something like that. Rather finding a way that you didn't even have to standardize it. I just don't know how that works because I'm not really yeah. good at programming this stuff. The but, goal um, here actually isn't going to be to standardize it. It's going to be look at a PDF and find the XY coordinates of this is a checkbox. Yes, right. This exactly. is a number field. Yeah. So that is the approach we're hoping to take when we get there. Nice. And because then yeah, that'll work on anything. Yeah. Exactly. We want to be able yeah. to say, all right, these checkboxes go to this question and maybe have some way to show that. We couldn't like copy it all and like directly put something on top of it because there are limitations to what we can do to modify the chronicle sheets. Right. We can write on them, but we can't change any of the underlying stuff, which oh, yeah. oh right. Right. No, I guess I what yeah. I meant is to bring it in underneath, and then you have basically a dynamic template over the top of it that then if you click like if you mark where it is at where it sits underneath, then it marks the xy coordinate for your program to do the writing later that's yeah. that's my very simplistic way of thinking of it right, uh, but that's I, well because yeah. like when i use obs and stuff right I, I have the ability to do that sort of thing with xy uh coordinates and things and set it up and then it saves it somewhere else i figured gotta be able to do that for this stuff but who knows mm-hmm. <laughs> we do all it's, right because it's uh, we need to also be able to on the website say and here are the questions that you're answering. Did they yes. save this person, recruit this person, let them die? We need to be able to find a smooth way to get that to show up on the front. Right, right. Cool. So, um, you know, so you're somebody who's making tools for tabletop RPGs, basically because it's something you found useful yourself, but now you're finding kind of a, a, a broader usage situation for it. What advice do you have for people who have maybe tools they've created for their homebrew and are thinking that, Hey, you know, this is something that players and GMs could use broadly. What advice do you have to them for bringing it out to a bigger audience? Well, like you said, uh, the first step was finding a problem in the space that you're familiar with. So 
I GM'd a lot, so I personally felt the frustration of filling out all those chronicles. And I started by reaching out to other people, friends that I trusted in the space to you know, get some feedback. And pretty early on, I uh, started a Discord server and made it very known that I could be reached here for feedback and tried to be very accessible and very quick. If you're trying to build out an RPG tool and get it in front of people, being very responsive to the community that's using it is going to be one of the biggest things that helps you get it in front of people. So uh, being responsive, being friendly, taking feedback well and implementing it where it makes sense, those are going to be the big things that get your tool in front of people. Obviously, you want to make a tool that fixes a problem that you and probably others in the community have, but engaging with the people that use it and making sure that uh, channel of communication stays open is what's going to really put your tool forward. And are there any problem areas that you think would be fruitful for somebody to try to tackle right now? Any Anything on your list thinking, man, this thing really bugs me, but it's not something I'm prepared to tackle myself? Not quite yet. I've been pretty absorbed in the process of trying to smooth over the administrative piece. This tool primarily caters to GMs, event organizers, and as of a couple of months ago, uh, lodges want to compile data. Right. It doesn't do as much for the individual users. And we actually do have some stuff lined up for making life easier for the players as well. But Ooh, yeah. Outside of that, don't can't really think of any pain points. No. Well, I can think of one now that you mentioned it for players. So, uh, and presuming somebody who's a relatively new player coming in now, right? Uh, so, one of the things, like for me, with all my characters and all my chronicles, keeping track of all those, if there's a way, even if you could enter in, here's the players, here's the here's the scenarios I've played and it automatically, because you have all the chronicles, right? It automatically then indexes all the chronicles on your character. So then you could very easily just point and click, like link through to each chronicle if you wanted to. Um, so, you know, basically making a player side database of all this stuff, something like that. All the things you play and all the chronicles form. How's that? That is definitely on our roadmap. Since we Good. have the data anyway, okay. we want to be able to find a yeah. way to let people you know, save yeah. the characters and be able to say, oh, you played this scenario, here's the actual sign-up sheet, and mm -hmm. have some way to both track what you played and potentially plan scenarios that you are looking to play. Yeah, but exactly. That's a little bit further down the road, but that's going to be the next kind of, hopefully that's going to be like the next batch of things we tackle. Nice, nice. No, it's, it's one of the big issues I run into is when it comes time to apply like boons and stuff for Chronicles, it's like, I have a million. How do I, how do I figure out what's what and, and quickly look them up and, and then figure out what I've played on what? Because if I play and I GM, I can, you know, between the two, I have close to 400 tables, right? Right. That's a lot to, to keep track of in my tiny little brain here. So mm -hmm. awesome. Awesome. Uh, what other cool things are, are you working on that you can talk about? Um, it can be related to this or anything. Um, 
Well, related to this, uh, I mentioned before that we put stuff out for GMs and events, and we pretty recently, maybe beginning of this year, started putting together tools for lodges so that the right. adventure people can gather information like who played, how many games, how many new GMs were there, all the information that they're eventually going to need to compile and send to Alex. Right. There are between five and 10 lodges using it now. And as I get more of their feedback, they've been extremely helpful. Want to put something out there for the entirety of the community to use and make that generally open for anyone who runs a recurring event. Cool. Cool. I'm, I'm hoping Jocelyn Hamilton at our local lodge in Seattle is using it. She's pretty, pretty high, high tech. So I imagine she's, she's on top of that, but um, if not, you should hook her up. All right. Yeah, bother so, you for the info later. All right. All right. Uh, well, Michael, thanks so much for creating this awesome tool and for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, again, thank you so much for having me and giving me a chance to talk about it.